Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Changing your life one story at a time. This is the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast with Editor-in-Chief Amy Newmark. Hey, it's Amy Newmark with some instant inspiration for you from Chicken Soup for the Soul. And today I want to talk about how we are all so weighed down by all the stuff that we own. I've become very sensitized to it because I had to clean out my grandmother's apartment in 2010 and my parents' house in 2017. And in both cases, I was looking at 60-plus years of accumulated stuff. It wasn't like it was junk, but there was just too much of it. And even when it was good stuff, I realized how much better it would have been if it had been donated to a thrift shop or sold at a consignment shop or given away to family members decades earlier when it would have been more in fashion, more useful. So I wanted to share two stories with you today that I wish my relatives had heard a long time ago. And really, I need these two stories for myself, too, to motivate me to get rid of the stuff that I am already accumulating, even though no one is going to be cleaning out my house anytime soon. So I actually made a book on this topic a couple of years ago with Brooke Burke Charvet, who has four kids and is really good at getting them and her husband and herself to keep the stuff moving out of her house and into the hands of people who can use all the excess that we tend to hold on to. So let's start today with the worst example of hoarding and not getting rid of stuff, and that is those storage units. Here are two stories that may cause you to rethink the whole idea of putting your stuff in a storage unit. Our first cautionary tale is called Unit 91 and it's by Phyllis McKinley. Phyllis had moved from Maine to Jacksonville, Florida, and she had way more stuff than would fit in her new home. So she rented two storage units for all the extra stuff. And finally, she got around to visiting those storage units so that she could figure out what she should put in her new home. So day after day, in that oppressive Florida heat and humidity, she sorted through this big mess. Each unit was 360 square feet. That's like a 12 by 30 foot space. That's like two rooms of a house. And both units were filled from floor to ceiling. Phyllis's mission was to sort through all this stuff, stuff they could have sorted through in Maine before they moved it all, right? And figure out what to do with it. So she spent weeks working in those storage units, sorting, throwing out, making a list of things that she could sell. She found a few things she wanted for the new place that they were renting, but most of the stuff in those storage units went right back into them at the end of each day of heavy labor. Phyllis ended up meeting the owner of the storage facility, and he said he would buy all the stuff that she didn't want. And eventually, she sold him most of that stuff that she had moved from Maine to Florida. 
including a lot of furniture that she had thought she was attached to, but then realized she could totally live without. Phyllis says she moved what was left into her new home, and then she continued getting rid of stuff and donating it to Goodwill. She ended up hardly keeping any of those things that she had spent so much money and time moving down from Maine. She says she doesn't miss any of that stuff, and her only regret is that they didn't leave it all back in Maine before they moved. Okay, so Phyllis McKinley spent all that time moving her stuff, sorting through a storage unit, and then getting rid of most of it anyway. Now, if that story wasn't enough to reform you, to make you stop hoarding, then here's another one called Good Riddance by Teresa Jensen Lacey. And I talked to Teresa recently, and she told me how all of this got started. My father passed away four months uh, prior, and then my husband, uh, Eric's dad, had a a serious illness, and we weren't sure if he was going to make it, and they were um, much farther away than where we lived, just north of Nashville, Tennessee. We decided it was time to move closer to family. So uh, one night, and this was in that January, Eric brought up the subject with talking to the kids who said, we're moving, and he held up a calendar and said, we're we're moving the end of May. Actually, we planned it for Memorial Day weekend. Teresa's children started protesting, but they came around. The family would be moving from Nashville to Fairhope, Alabama in just a few months, and they had plenty to do. We had only four months to empty a four-bedroom, a 4,800-square-foot house that had a five-car garage, mother-in-law apartment downstairs, and a 150-square-foot basement storage room. We d- decided... Just everyone was to pack a box a day uh, and label it and tape it up, and um, we would take it to a storage unit we had rented in Fairhope, Alabama. But every day there was there were decisions that what we really truly needed for everyday living because the boxed items would stay in storage for several months uh, while we were finding another house in Fairhope. And so the months flew by, and the family found their house was less cluttered. They had sent 12 van loads of stuff to Goodwill. And they discovered something about living with less stuff. By the 1st of May, uh, just weeks before the moving date, with so many possessions removed, we discovered something we had not expected. We were all suddenly less stressed about taking care of the house. And Eric noticed at first, he looked around the living room and said, do you know we're not spending nearly as much time dusting, moving, and generally taking care of things? Um, The only things we had in our living room at that point were the television and the sofa. And he said, our life is simpler. And the kids liked it, too. The whole family felt lighter without all those possessions. And then they moved. And by the time we got to Fairhope, we offloaded our truck and collapsed into our uh, just blow-up mattresses. We didn't have our beds with us. And we knew it was time to downsize even more. And with most of our things in storage, we started looking for a house that would accommodate just us, the four of us, and no more. No guest quarters, no huge garage. We moved our basic necessities into the new, smaller house. And after a few weeks, we all four went to the storage unit, deciding we'd take all that to the new place. But once we opened the door, nothing inside appealed to us. We all stood there looking at all the possessions that had consumed so much of our time and energy. And we eyed that mountain of stuff nearly to the ceiling. And then all of us said, without any discussion, it's all going to goodwill. And that was now 15 years ago. And we haven't missed any of it. And now when we're rearranging items such as furniture or artwork, We pretend we're moving again, and that usually makes us lighten our load a bit more. 
So I asked Teresa what she and her family had learned from all of this. Rather than our owning our possessions, after time, they own us. So with spring cleaning around the corner and moving season ahead of us too, those are my cautionary tales for you. Now, here's a challenge. Get rid of five things this week and see how you like it. I'll tell you, it feels really, really great. I'm Amy Newmark. Thank you for listening to the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast today. And if you'd like to fight off your own hoarding tendencies and read more about the book I mentioned, Chicken Soup for the Soul, The Joy of Less, please go to our website, chickensoup.com, and follow me on Twitter at Amy Newmark for Chicken Soup for the Soul news, writing opportunities, and links to new podcast episodes. Join me next time for a look at our new book, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Miracles and More. I'm going to share a couple of stories about miraculous acts of faith that saved lives. They'll give you faith that good things do happen to good people. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.